Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. The following program is brought to you by Firefly Willows Live. We've added to our lineup of lively, thought-provoking shows. Be sure to check out the Amethyst Oracle Divination with a Queer Twist, featuring Firefly Willows Live favorite Heisey Lutmers and his co-host, Charlie Harrington, on the second Tuesday evening each month. More than just a call-in show, Heisey and Charlie will bring a new and unusual perspective to the power and capacities of the Tarot. Also join us for A Shamanic Life, hosted by John Carousella. On the first and third Tuesdays each month at 8 p.m., John will bring together leaders and explorers in neo-shamanism. Practical and practiced, his guests are not just doing shamanism, they're living it. And don't miss... What's your prescription for balance? With Mildred Lynn McDonald and her co-host, Dr. Glenna Calder, the first Thursday evening of each month. They'll inspire you with the leading trends and best practices of holistic living, alternative medicine, and life coaching. This vibrant duo and their amazing guests will help you energize and balance your life from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. We're excited. Give us a listen as we continue to create new and entertaining ways for you to shine your inner light. Join us at Firefly Willows L-I-V-E Presents for these new shows and our original Sunday morning Firefly Willows L-I-V-E Anchor Shows. This is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and I'm your co-host for What's Your Prescription for Balance, live from Los Altos, California. Thank you for joining us today. We hope to inspire you with the leading trends and best practices of holistic living, alternative medicine, and life coaching, with some fun and laughter thrown into boot. In a few minutes, we'll be joining my co-host, the talented Dr. Glenna in Nova Scotia. Then we'll zoom over to Cape Breton Island to chat with the engaging Coralie Murphy about her plant-based eight-week cleanse that's taking the island by storm. In today's episode, we'll be answering 15 questions about doing a cleanse. We're calling the segment, You Asked, We Answered. And many thanks to our listeners who contributed their questions. Right after the show, we'll post the questions on our new What's Your Prescription for Balance Facebook page, so they're easy to access and available to everyone. So please, mark your calendars. Grab a nice cup of tea and join your hosts, Dr. Glenna and myself, Mildred Lynn McDonald, the first Thursday of every month at 3.30 Pacific Time, and for those of you on the East Coast, 7.30 p.m. Atlantic Standard. We hope that What's Your Prescription for Balance will leave you energized, more knowledgeable, and inspired from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. And now... Let's beam over to the East Coast and welcome my co-host, Dr. Glenna, and our very special guest, Coralie Murphy. Glenna and Coralie, are you there? We're We're here. (laughs) Excellent. Before we get started, I wanted to welcome you both to the show and welcome our listeners, and also to let people know that this is part two of a show about cleansing or doing a cleanse. Coralie, could you share a little bit about yourself? 
Absolutely. I'm a registered massage therapist here in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. I've been in practice since 1999. Basically, I guess what brought me to you or you to me, the fact that over the last few years I've been implementing a cleanse protocol in Sydney for the community, um, which basically is trying to restructure the relationship that we as a community and as as individuals have with the foods that we're eating. And, of course, the thoughts that we're thinking and the sense of community that we have with one another and the relationships that we're fostering as a result of that. And I understand that the cleanse program, people go to it and then they return. To me, that speaks volumes. Yeah, we actually uh, just had our first cleanse introductory meeting this past Monday, and I'm very happy to say we've had we had hundreds of people come out and it was absolutely amazing to see the overwhelming number of people just taking a general interest in wanting more for their bodies and, and from themselves. So it's very inspiring for me, standing in front of all these people, to see how many people genuinely want more, and they're asking more of themselves. And I believe Glenna has joined us. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? I have a naturopathic practice here in Halifax, 12th year of practice, And I have a very general practice from preconception, you could say, right up to some patients in their 90s. Cleansing is definitely something I do quite a bit with most patients. What is a cleanse? I think many people have different definitions of a cleanse. (laughs) I guess one thing I think Corley would agree with me is that instead of calling it a cleanse, it's more of a change of life, a different way to eat. You know, I often get asked, what cleanse could I pick up? Or, oh, there's this box on the shelf, and they're trying to describe it to me, and I just say, you know what? If you take a cleanse, a box of whatever, but you're still eating processed food, you could actually be putting more toxins in than you're taking out. So you're not actually cleansing, because to cleanse means to cleanse the body of toxins, and we'll never be completely clear of toxins, but the goal is we're getting rid of as many or more than we're taking in. The plant-based eight-week program that you developed, Coralie, how does that build on the concepts of cleansing that Glenna was just talking about? I could not agree more with what Glenna just said. (laughs) And actually, Monday evening in our first introductory session, that is exactly what I told them. (laughs) that really cleansing needs to start with you have to look at what you're putting into your body as opposed to just going out and buying a prepackaged form of whether whether it be herbs or tonics or whatever the case may be because essentially it's like the detox retox system. So true cleansing is, like Lena said, trying to draw, mobilize toxins and then eliminate them. And through the eight-week program that, that we do here in Sydney, we focus on a plant-based cleansing protocol where you're taking in high nutritive foods so your body is able to repair itself but also unload the toxins. Mm-hmm. And the important thing that I think that we have to recognize is the fact that cleansing is natural for the body. We were born with all the cleansing mechanisms that we will ever need to employ throughout the rest of our our living existence. So it's really, really important to to understand that we're doing something, we're assisting something that's natural. And where do these toxins come from? They can be external or internal. So we can actually produce toxins through our liver if things aren't balanced. 
and we can take them in externally. So there's different different methods. And um, the more toxic you are, unfortunately, the more toxins then you'll produce because your liver will be congested and cannot finish the job of detoxifying. So midway through detoxification, the liver could get halted because it's run out of nutrients. And those materials are actually more toxic than before they started the detoxification process. And where are toxins stored in your body? Mostly, and Corley can add to this, muscle fat, mm-hmm. and those are the two most common tissues. Yeah, I always tell the group that fat is biochemically neutral, so it acts as a great buffer. So toxins gravitate to, to our adipose tissue or fat tissue so quickly, and then, of course, the spillover ends up in other tissues, or soft tissues, or muscles, or fascial segments, and, and structures like that. I'm going to ask one question for myself, then I'm going to switch to the you asked, we answered segment where we're going to feature the email questions from our listeners. The question I have is when you start to lose weight and if the toxins have an affinity for the fat in your body, as you lose the weight, where do the toxins go? Hopefully get into the the blood and the lymph and get carried Mm -hmm. through the body. and They can go out through sweat. You can breathe out toxins. If your kidney and liver are functioning well, and even if they're not, you're going to get rid of toxins through there and through the intestine, too. Okay. And what does that look like? Does that feel the same? Do you feel like, you're, do you feel like your normal toxic self? or You will feel more toxic as the toxins yeah. are released because when they're stored, your body's protecting you against those toxins because they are toxic to the body. So mm-hmm. as you start to break down, your body's not going to feel good because there's actually toxins going through your bloodstream, your lymphatic system. So you might get toxic symptoms such as headaches, more inflammation while it's happening, and decreased energy because your body's working so hard to release these toxins. And Coralie, how long does this not-so-wonderful stage last? (laughs) Well, again, that is such a subjective question because it really depends on the amount of toxic load you're carrying, which, of course, depends on you know, the environment which you're you're living, the foods that you're eating. So it's really variable from person to person. With our program, people will often say, why is it eight weeks? Why is it so long? Because most cleanses are done in like, you know, they do a 10-day cleanse or a two-week cleanse. And I always say you want to end on a high point because in around four weeks, people start to really, you'll people will notice a, a real transition happening where a lot of the symptoms like Glenna had mentioned, the you know, the dizziness, the lightheadedness, the headaches, the bloating, the inflammation, <laughs> irritability, insomnia, all those side effects of detoxification are really starting to flatten out and they're starting to notice an increase in vitality and energy and they're on an upswing. So I, I really think it depends on the actual individual. And what does one tell themselves as they go through this not-so-nice stage? It would be pretty catchy. It would be pretty You know what they say? I can't believe Dr. Glenn how Coralie did this to me. <laughs> well, see, I'm oh, sure there is. Through our eight-week program, I'm meeting with them every week, so I'm telling them. Okay. I get to connect with them every week and let them know that this is what you're going to experience and this is how long it's probably going to last. And so I have a different connection with my group as more so than what Glenna would have. The most important thing, I think, for any health practitioner is to remember to tell people, this is what you may experience. You need to give the worst-case scenario. People will be alarmed if they start to get certain symptoms and they're worried 
that this is not normal. So they know, okay, she mentioned this will happen on day three to day five. This may happen on day seven to day ten. Then people can be calm and know that, oh, there's an end to this. I'm going to transition into another phase soon. And, oh, okay, there, go, there it goes. If people aren't warned, then it can be scary. It's not as bad as the worst-case scenario. It depends, like Coralie said, on your toxic load. So the, the worse you feel, the more you need to go through that cleanse. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So what I'm going to do now, this is the part I've been dying to get to. I'm going to read out the questions that our listeners have sent us about cleansing and invite either Coralie or Glenna or both of them to provide the answer. What are the short-term and long-term health benefits of doing the cleanse? Yeah, I'll tackle that one first. The short-term would be Quickly, often people will see a decrease in extra body weight or extra fluid. So mm-hmm. we hold on to fluid when we try to dilute the toxins we're carrying around. So often our body will be, be able to let go of that extra fluid, and people will quite quickly notice that they feel less puffy. You know, their body feels less tight is one of the descriptions that I hear. And right away you'll start to eliminate toxins because daily we eliminate toxins, whether you're on a cleanse or not. But right away you're going to increase that function. Long-term, you'll start to move into increased energy, improved mood. Things like hormones will start to balance. So women will often see menstrual cycles normalizing. And things like arthritis, things like that pain will start to decrease. And you can take over, Coralie, from here. Yeah, I think the short-term benefits, I know with my experience, a lot of people will initially say they have a, a tremendous improvement in their energy levels, an increase in their mental clarity, an improvement in their sleep patterns. Oftentimes for those that are taking medications, depending on the type of cleanse, I know with my experience they've had a decrease in the dosage of the medication or sometimes a complete elimination of the medication. I think over the long term, when I hit the nail right on the head, I think that basically we're looking at overall decrease in systemic inflammation, like Lana said, a hormonal imbalance, an increase in body awareness. And I think that's really important because they're tuned in differently after they do cleanse, you know, after they've done a couple cleanses, they're more in tune with their cycles and their body in general. They have an improvement in all all systemic functioning overall, basically. That's a great answer. And we have another question from Becky in Ontario, and I'll throw this out to Glenna first. What happens to your body when you're doing a cleanse? What's really going on there? And I know we talked about that or touched that briefly, but I also know people are on the other end taking notes. So, Glenna, if you'd be kind enough to review that again. Sure. So I'll start by mentioning the five main detoxification organs, the liver, kidney, which we hear about the most, and the skin and the lungs and the digestive tract. So those are the, the big five that a big part of their job is to detoxify. So basically, as I mentioned, daily we're getting rid of toxins, and that demands nutrients. And some of those nutrients are called antioxidants. So when we're doing a cleanse, we're giving the body, making sure the body has enough of those nutrients. Because often day to day, we don't. Because we, can, we run out of them because of the toxic load we're carrying. And it's a lot, especially this, uh, this century, you could say the 21st century, is because a lot of people have a very stressful lifestyle, and stress hormones are toxic to the body, toxified every day by the liver. It's low the last 50, 60 years is medications, especially things like birth control pill. Mm-hmm. That's a daily thing that the body has to detoxify. And like anything else, 
it's going to take priority. So it's going to go, the liver and the kidney are going to go after the big ones that are going to harm us if we do not break them down. So other things get pushed back or recirculated throughout the body. So when you're on a cleanse, hopefully, instead of recirculating toxins, you're actually getting to get rid of them and get into the fat tissue and get rid of the stored ones. They'll break down, meaning the fat will, you could say, melt because the fat breaks down. Your body gets access to the toxin, and it goes through the bloodstream, and it gets delivered to the liver, and then the liver is able to, to neutralize it, add some nutrients to it, and send it out through the bile, which should go out through the stool or go through the urine. So I'd like to offer this question to Coralie. It's from Carolyn in Newfoundland. How much does it cost to do a cleanse, and do I need special foods? Again, I think that's really variable according to what type of cleanse people are looking at. If you're looking at doing, you know, something more supplemental where you're taking in high doses of supplements or some kind of chelating agent, then oftentimes that can get a little bit pricey. I tend to gravitate more towards, of course, the food-based, longer transitional cleanses. And the cost of doing that is basically you're looking at an increased cost initially because you're buying organic foods, uh, less processed food, or no processed food, I should say, um, which can be a little bit more expensive in the short term because you may not have everything in your fridge already that you're going to require. So I often say to people, it's like going grocery shopping for the very first time. You have to basically bring everything into your household. So there's going to be an upfront cost for sure. But as you go through the process, oftentimes your costs will start to settle. Um, And again, as far as As far as the cost and if you need special food, it really just depends on what type of protocol you're following. And, Coralie, what would be an example of a cleanse food or a a food that's commonly used in cleanses? Would it be greens? Lots of greens. I'm a big advocate of greens. Uh, With our particular program, we do get into some of the superfoods, the spirulina, the chlorella, the marine phytoplankton, AFA blue-green algae, of course, because of their high protein content. Um, Because it is a plant-based diet, we're not eating flesh foods or anything that's come from an animal. So they're good sources of of protein. As well, they're high in antioxidant value, be there some D12, um, they're essential fatty acids, DHA. So we tend to gravitate to more lively colored foods. Mm, very nice. And Glenna, we have a question from Mary in Nova Scotia. And Mary in Nova Scotia, if you're listening, thank you very much for your question. We really appreciate it. Here's the question. Do I need to schedule time to take care of the treatment? Um, like, like, is it more than an evening and how much time do I have to schedule? So that's a very practical and good question. That's a great question. So I always, first thing is I always say to people, don't start when you leave my office <laughs> because you're not you're bound to fail. You got to like really see. You got to go shopping. And I say to okay. most people, you're not going to want to toss everything out of your fridge and throw in the garbage. So give it a week or whenever your next grocery run is naturally going to be, and then get what you need. And don't do it at a time where you're about to go on vacation or on a trip or a, a work trip because you really want to be able to control what you're eating and have access to really healthy food so that you don't go low or your blood sugar doesn't go low, and that's going to make it twice as hard. So it's a time where you're going to set aside at least the first week of the cleanse. You should be home so you get into your routine and you know your recipes and your foods. 
And other than that, the time that you're going to put into it is preparing meals. Mm, okay. So you're grabbing convenient food, which is processed food, and usually mostly dairy, wheat, and sugar. Um, whole-based foods, well, you have to prepare them and actually cook them yourself. I wanted to interject here and share with their listeners that I decided to do a cleanse. I guess you would call it a cleanse because I was getting rid of the foods that my body didn't want and I was listening to my body. And lo and behold, out of the blue, I had a call from a friend of mine, Madonna McDonald, who would be in the Los Altos area. And she arrived at my doorstep at the perfect time because she is an expert on how to prepare healthy foods, especially greens. And it was life-changing for me as she showed me how to take different types of greens and you put a little bit of garlic with them and then you put a little bit of olive oil and you squeeze the lemon. And I'm in love with lemons now. And it was absolutely delicious. So... I had a total misconception of how much time and energy I would have to put in to follow a healthier eating pattern such as a, a cleanse, and I think that would follow under a cleanse, and then magic happened. And the reality is we don't need a huge, 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 huge variety of foods every day or every week. We normally have our special recipes and our habits. How do you guys feel about that? Definitely. I think the initial week is a huge learning curve and it can be a little bit overwhelming as that first time you're going grocery shopping. A lot of people say it, it took them two hours because they read every label. And okay. But after you get your, you know, your go-to items, you don't even think about it. It's automatic. Yeah, and I think that oftentimes eating well is eating simple. You're eating lower on the food chain. There's less you know, processing and cooking and procedure that has to be done. So, and, and every meal doesn't have to be this big gourmet meal. This is the other thing, you know. We can enjoy foods in a very basic and simple form, like a salad with just some lemon as opposed to making a an elaborate salad dressing. And as far as the taste goes, I know with my participants, oftentimes they will say, oh, I don't like that. I, I'm not liking this food. Because they're tasting with a chemical tongue. We've acquired a taste for food-like substances. And it will take some time for your taste buds to actually adjust so that you're actually tasting the real food. It will actually taste differently as you detoxify. Yeah, I can relate to that because as I eliminated process, I didn't eat a lot of processed food, but... I have been known to eat processed food just like every other North American. I did notice that after three weeks, I was tasting raw vegetables in a way I had never tasted them before or when I cooked them because my taste buds were changing. It was almost as if fruit was now candy for me. Yeah. Could it be possible that this navel orange could be too sweet for my palate? <laughs> it was a wonderful evolution. And I also found that's so important to have support. Number one, you support yourself, but also have people around you who will support you on this journey. Absolutely. Coralie, I wanted to ask you this question. It was sent in from Cheryl from Newfoundland. What signs do I look for that the cleanse is going well? And what signs do I look for that the cleanse is not going well or I should stop? I often think that a good sign if it's going well in the beginning is if you're actually demonstrating detoxification symptoms. So the unpleasant is actually the desired. <laughs> so 
<laughs> and that's very much in the short term because that's what you want. That's what your goal is, to pull and draw out these toxins. So if you're not seeing a detoxification effect and you haven't lived that most, or the healthiest lifestyle prior to starting the the cleanse, then you would have to wonder if there's something that you could be doing to amplify the effect in your body. And over the longer term, like after you're into a few weeks, what you want to see is a bit of a turnaround, and you're going to notice more health and vitality and increase in energy. And like I said, some of those side benefits that, that we talked about earlier. So I think that's a really good sign if things are if you're on the right path and your things are going well. If things aren't going well, I think, again, once you hit around, hit that turnaround point, if you're still suffering and experiencing severe detoxification symptoms that are extending over a longer period of time, then maybe it's time to, you might be pulling things out too quickly, it might be too much too quickly, so you have to roll back a little bit, maybe decrease, look at what you're doing, decrease um, some of the intensity by which you're you're cleansing. Is it possible, and I'll direct this question to Glenna, is it possible that you may go at the cleanse too vigorously and the toxin load may impact your immune system and you might get a cold or a flu or something along that line? Is that a possibility? Yeah, it's very common to get a cold. most common mm-hmm. symptom or infection would be like a cold and a sore throat. And again, it's uh-huh. immune system, and the body has a different focus now. It's focused on detoxification, so your system is a little bit down and more vulnerable in that first about 10 days. But often, some people don't, and I just say, you know, be weary. If you're eating lots of greens and your fruits, then you're increasing your vitamin C, but people still do get that, in fact, um, not even infection, it's more of a cold, a very mild viral infection, mm-hmm. and it's part of the detox. It's, you know, it's sometimes people get nervous and if I don't kind of warn them about them, I've made that mistake. They run to the doctor and they've actually taken medication. And so that kind of put things to a halt and we, okay. you know, we had to restart again. So oh, I understand. So, okay. Yeah, that it's that, that can happen. Um, in terms of going too quickly, there are some people that may have to, it's, it would help them more to build up first. And when I say build up, if they have endocrine issues or a blood sugar issue, it is best to kind of rearrange their diet so they're eating, integrating more wholesome foods in first and not doing it all of a sudden. So taking two or three weeks, adding some good foods in, reducing the processed foods gradually, so then mm-hmm. by three weeks they can go right at it. And it will be a little bit more tolerable and it won't be as debilitating. Maybe they won't get really, you know, won't have to take any work off and things like that. Okay. Now, I would tend to be an enthusiastic cleanser. So knowing my personality, your guidance would be excellent for someone like me. Okay. <laughs> because where you, where you hooked me was when you said, well, when, if someone comes to see you and they want to go on a cleanse, don't start it right after they leave the office. Well, I would be the one doing that. <laughs> <laughs> what I'd love to do is, is to let our listeners know that these questions are going to be available on the What's Your Prescription for Balance Facebook page, which we just launched. So we're going to list the questions, and if you're asking yourself, hmm, the questions are going to be there, but where do I get the answers? The answer to that question is that you simply listen to the radio show again, and we will go through the questions in the exact order that they're going to appear on Facebook. So isn't that beautiful? We thought we were so smart coming up with that idea. 
I'd love to give Glenna and Coralie and myself a little break. I have a beautiful song here from Cape Breton called The Creative Island. We'll listen to that, and then we'll be back with about five more questions, and we're on a roll. Walk in a stream, we live in a painting, the island is shaped by what the wind sings. Salt of the earth is the lake at the heart of the island portrayed by the tune played on your heart. Creative Island, and it's one of the promotional tools used by the Cape Breton School of Arts and Crafts. So let's move on to our next question. This can be for either Glenna or Coralie. It's from Amanda on Vancouver Island, and thank you very much, Amanda, for sending in this question. Here we go. Will I have adequate protein intake on a plant-based cleansing program? And Coralie, I'm going to throw that over to you. Good idea. <laughs> She'll go at that one. I say absolutely. We underestimate the protein value in plants and algaes. Uh, plants, for example, are about 30% protein. And so I think what we have to look at when we look at plant-based approaches to cleansing is the fact that we have to take in the best bioavailable sources of protein. And with flesh-based foods, of course, you're looking at high phosphorus and it increases homocysteine in the blood. And, and, and those things can, be, can put our bodies in a very compromising state. Plants, of course, come with a whole myriad of other nutrients, which are really nice and sustain our body and support our body. So my answer to that is absolutely, especially if you're going to get into some of the superfoods like chlorella and phytoplankton and spirulina, because, again, they're high high-protein foods, algae. So I definitely think that protein should never be worried about when you're looking at a plant-based protocol. Mm -hmm. And I imagine most people have been 
what's the right word now? There's so much information talking about protein as it relates to an animal source. So from a young age, we're weaned on that thought. And that's, as you're saying, Coralie, that's not necessarily true. No, absolutely not. And I think, too, when you look at for where you are, uh, Mildred, the USDA recommendation is about 0.36 grams of protein per pound of body weight. Mm-hmm. And in actual studies, we know that we only actually need about 20 to 30 grams of protein. And, of course, that varies depending on the level of physical activity. If you're looking at a higher-end athlete, of course, it would be a little bit more. So that's a dramatic difference. And so I think that we have to really look at what we really need to sustain ourselves as opposed to the, you know, the recommendations that are put out by government officials. Now here's something that's just come into my mind. A lot of people have protein-rich diets and it helps them feel satisfied and full. And they're probably out there saying, hmm, plant-based does not feel satisfying and full. What would we like to share about that, Glenna or Coralie? I think it's a matter of wanting the comfort foods as opposed to really feeling full. When you eat a plant-based diet, oftentimes when you sit down and you have a meal, you're full. It's just that it's not staying with you because your your metabolism is changing. And so you get to eat more frequently. Okay, so that's the key. You're more grazing. Would that be appropriate? You graze? You're grazing, yeah. Okay. And what about when you have foods that are plant-based and complement that with foods that are high in fiber. Would that give you a feeling of being full? Definitely. And the fiber would, and also things like olive oil is plant-based, right? And a good healthy fat. Avocado is plant-based and high in good essential fatty acids that we need, and that will give us a feeling of fullness, which is, which is natural, and our brain wants to get that message. But it's the good fats that our, our body would appreciate more than the, the not-so-good fats, the trans fats, et cetera, and the ones that, that cause more inflammation and that are more inflammatory. So there's a lot, I mean, almond butter, healthy type of nuts like walnuts, pecans, all of those, mm-hmm. they, they all give you a feeling of fullness. Mm-hmm. I will say that when my friend Madonna was here and she taught me about the greens and the olive oil and the lemon and the garlic, When I went from meal to meal, this is what I noticed. My biggest awakening was I was not hungry. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I was, I love that term you use, Coralie, the chemical tongue. When I had a chemical tongue, I found that I would think about food more. I'm not a big thinker about food, but I I noticed when it was time to eat again, when I was on the plant-based eating pattern, I didn't have thoughts of food. I felt quite satisfied as if my body was saying, oh, finally, happy now. Happy now, Mildred. (laughs) Well, I think, too, cravings are often a sign of deficiency. So Mm. when you start to to implement some of these foods, then the cravings start to go away. Oftentimes, and I talked about this in my meeting on Monday with the group, we're bathed in dopamine now when you look at what meat and cheese and sugar chocolate, what those things do is they bathe the brain in dopamine as they break down in the body. So we get chemically addicted to having that natural high. Mm. So it's really important to understand that when you detoxify and you go through this process that you're taking those things away, so you're resetting your system. And initially you're going to crave it because you chemically are addicted to it. You want it. And we're Mm -hmm. used to that. 
so when you take it away, it'll only last for a short period of time, and as you nutrify the body, things start to change that way. Yeah, I agree with that. I've, I've experienced it, so I, I can I trust what you're saying. Now, Glenna, we have a question from Lisa from Vancouver Island. If you're listening, Lisa, thank you very much for your question. This is a big one. Will cleansing affect medication protocol? It will, depending on the medication. If it's anything to do with if you're diabetic, then you'd want to watch your blood sugar. Obviously, if you're a very severe diabetic, Usually, whether you're working with your MD or your an ND, you'll be able to, somebody will be able to watch that for you because you'll be able to lower your medication, lower your insulin. And other things like cholesterol medication will not be needed. If you were to do an eight-week cleanse, it, you'd be amazed at how quickly cholesterol can come down if the person's moving, of course, exercising even just 20 minutes a day. Their cholesterol will quickly come down. Blood pressure medication, that's another common one. You'll see blood pressure start to come down. Is it dangerous? No, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be, you know, whoever you're working with suggests, okay, make sure you get blood work done or someone's taking your blood pressure within four, four weeks after starting the cleanse. And I'll often say drop in, drop in just to the pharmacy, take your blood pressure after about three or four weeks, get them to check it too in between. They will need less medication, often migraine medication. Migraine? Migraine? Oh. Yeah, because often migraines will go. Somebody does a cleanse, Often headaches, people that get frequent headaches, headaches maybe three to four a week, often they're going to go right down to maybe one a month. And often they'll start to see, ah, you know what? I went and I ate out at a really a not-so-great restaurant. I didn't feel good, and I had a headache the next day. And they had no idea their headaches were related to food. And you don't start to see unless you clean the diet. And then the food goes in, and then the body has a reaction, whether it's a histamine reaction, inflammatory reaction, so that's really empowering for people to know that that's the cause of their headache. Would you recommend that if you're on a medication protocol already that it's wise to seek the guidance of a health professional? Somebody who is passionate and has experience with cleanses. And if they're passionate, it means they would have that as a specialty. They've read a lot about it. They've, they've done it themselves, which is huge education right there and also somebody with a background of scientists that knows the body and how it functions, the anatomy, the physiology, and they know what detoxification really is, and they'd be able to walk through you and explain that with you so that you have the education to do the cleanse, and day-to-day you'd know what these symptoms mean, what's going on with your body. So someone who has definitely done it before, who has a passion about cleansing and has some science background that knows the body. I absolutely agree 100% with Glenn. I think it's really important that if you're on the medications that you're in connection with the person who has put you on the medication. If you're seeking the advice and counsel of a naturopath, a homeopathic practitioner, whoever it is, I think if you're, like I said, you're doing supplements, you're doing medication, that you're in connection, close connection with those individuals. And if the cleanse is coming from somewhere else other than those particular healthcare providers that everyone can work in concert so that everybody is communicating and knows exactly where the individual is. Now here's one from Shelley in Nova Scotia. Thank you, Shelley. She's wondering about how cleansing impacts B12 levels. And her question specifically says, how does one who's enjoying a plant-based whole food diet ensure that B12 levels are effectively maintained? I'm going to start off with that one, and then I know, and Coralie, feel free to jump. But one point I want to make is 
when we're eating a clean diet, the inflammation in our gastrointestinal system, in our intestine, small intestine, and in the stomach, and in the large intestine, will decrease. What that means when it decreases is there's, how can I say this, so there's little fingers called villi on the, along the wall, they are, are less swollen, which means they can do their job better and pick up the nutrients mm-hmm. going through. Mm-hmm. So if you have less inflammation, you're going to not need higher levels, which is ironic because the individuals that eat better actually need less nutrients. Mm-hmm. Their body's in a better, a healthier state. People that have more inflammation in their gastrointestinal system need more nutrients. Yeah, nice. and I think that's really important because what you'll see is a lot of absorption issue as opposed to the the availability of B12 because right. B12 is absorbed at the distal part of the ileum or the, the last part of the small intestine. So if you have massive amounts of inflammation through the GI system, then oftentimes it's not a matter of it not being available. It's a matter of it not being absorbed. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm. That's very interesting, the absorption. So you could, in theory, be eating lots of food, but if you're not able to absorb it, you are not benefiting from the nutritional value and you may develop right. deficiencies. Right. Yeah. And on the same okay. note, you could also be popping a lot of supplements but mm. not absorbing nutrients within them. If there's a lot of inflammation going on it's not being addressed, or the diet is not being modified. So important with this question, because this is is a question that I get a lot because a plant-based diet, oftentimes people are scared because they're not getting their B12, because B12 is associated with animal-based foods. And it's important to understand that animals and plants don't actually produce B12, it's the bacteria. And so it's more available in animal-based foods because they carry more bacteria. But it is available in plant-based foods, the algae, some of the seaweeds, uh, AFA blue-green algae, they're good sources of B12. And it's also really important to understand that stress really depletes your B12 stores. B12 is actually a big vitamin. It's, it's 100 times the size of any other vitamin. So it's, and it's highly mutable. So when you take a supplement and it's in a multivitamin, oftentimes it's an immutable form, which is not utilized by the body. So I often tell people that if they're going to take a supplement, take it in isolation as a B12 supplement so that it's not in a mutated form. I noticed that the words algae and seaweed are coming up a lot. Where do people access seaweed and algae and other wonderful superfoods? Where do they find them? We have the most pristine and beautiful foods available to us at the click of a button. And a lot of times, a lot of these algaes you can get online from a reputable source, the chlorella, the phytoplankton, the AFA blue-green algae. You can get them at the health food store. Some naturopathic doctors may carry them. And, you know, the seaweeds, well, you know, oftentimes, again, you're looking at grocery stores, health food stores. It's just important to know the supplier, I think. Glenna, we have a question from Ann in Oregon. Thank you, Ann. Hope you're listening. Can you combine doing a cleanse with a workout program such as running, walking, swimming? The answer is yes, but I want to go back to that first seven to ten days of any cleansing. First of all, the world's not going to stop if you don't run for the week to all you runners out there. (laughs) 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 Or weightlifters or whatever, walkers, whatever it is. I did learn that. If you don't run for a week, the world won't stop. So your demands when you're... When you're exercising at a high level, your demand for nutrients go up tremendously and antioxidants demand goes up. The other part of it is any exercise past 30 minutes is a huge demand on your body and 
that detoxification in the first seven to ten days is enough for your body to deal with. And how we talked about the possibility of getting a cold or a sore throat, you're going to definitely increase that risk if you're going to exercise intensely that first seven to ten days. Also, when you start to integrate it, and it's fine to integrate it after that seven to ten days, integrate it slowly. Get a feel of how your body feels on this cleanse. You probably won't, athletes will say, and runners will actually say they've never run so fast. They've had their fastest times. People doing weightlifting, their strength has dramatically increased, and once they can actually lift, goes up. And they've been, you know, lifting the same weight, maybe slightly increasing for the last year, and they just took a huge jump after about two mm-hmm. weeks of the cleanse. Coralie, this is from Becky in Ontario. What are the downsides of juice cleanses, and why would an MD or other health professionals be against it? For the most part, it depends on what type of juicing they're doing. When people hear, when I hear juice, I think vegetable juice. But when someone else hears juice, they may think fruit juice. And I think when you get into some of the fruit juice cleanse protocols, you're isolating the sugar from the fiber. And if you have a candida issue or if you have an issue with inflammation, this this may be a, a substantial issue for you. Vegetable juices, however, give you tremendous amounts of nutrients very quickly into the cells, bioavailable into the cells in 15 minutes. So I guess the biggest downside of juice cleanses would be whether or not you can commit to them because we love to eat. We like to we like the actual physical act of mastication. So actually chewing food, we get pleasure from that. Is a cleanse protocol, juicing protocol, is that something that you are going to be able to stick out over the long haul or stick to over the long haul? And that, you know, is very individual. I think as far as the medical community goes, I think there's just a lack of understanding as to what juice cleanses can actually do. And you have to look at the amount of time that you're putting into the the juice protocol as well. Is it going to be two or three days or is it going to be two or three weeks? There's a lot of variables with that. I'm noticing that a few of these questions really lend themselves to a whole show. Oh, absolutely. There's tons and tons. And I want to really thank Coralie and thank Glenna because they're getting these questions rapid fire. (laughs) (laughs) And you're doing a splendid job with them. We have three more questions. Wanted to share with our listeners, or if you're just tuning in now, that these 15 questions will be available on the What's Your Prescription for Balance Facebook page. And you're more than welcome to re-listen to the show, and you will naturally hear the questions again. Sometimes it's good to see the question and listen to the answer. At least that system works for me. Now let's move on to question number 13. This is from Mary in Nova Scotia. Thank you very much, Mary. What should I expect after a cleanse? Should I be feeling better almost immediately? I would say, I think we've mentioned this, that... Some people, by about day five, it's pretty quick, they start to feel better. Some people, it takes right through to three weeks, and I think Coralie mentioned she mm-hmm. finds we'll get a nice peak around four weeks. Really, really varies. Depends on what they have to manage in their life during the cleanse. Depends. The most important thing is their toxic load. Less toxic person, they're going to not feel good around day three, day four, and they're going to start to swing, swing up around day five, which is really nice. Donna, is there a way to measure through a blood test or some form of a test, what your toxic load is in your body? There's so many ways, and there's so many toxins. If you wanted to measure your toxic metals, like aluminum, mercury, lead, 
et cetera, tin, you could do a urine test for that, and you take a chelating agent. And that will give you an idea if you have a high burden of toxic metal in the body. You mm-hmm. could also look at allergens. If your body has a lot of allergens, more than likely it reacts to the toxic load on the immune system and the gut. So there's not just one test to see how toxic. There's quite a few different ones, and they come at you come at the individual with different different tests depending on what angle you feel is going to benefit them the most. Okay, good answer. Now, Coralie, this is from Matilda in Arizona. Thank you very much, Matilda. We love your question. Number 14, is it safe to create your own cleanse? And if yes, what are the guidelines? I feel like I'm a broken record because, again, I'm going to say it really depends on what kind of cleanse you're looking at. I think if you're looking at something that's going to involve an herbal pathway, then that's obviously something that you should probably not try on your own unless you have a lot of knowledge in that area, and I would be doing that with the appropriate supervision. Again, if you're looking at food-based protocols, then food under normal circumstances is pretty safe, and you would have a better opportunity to devise something that's going to work in with your lifestyle and with your behaviors and eating patterns. And I think for sure the guidelines that you would need to look at would be incorporating more nutritive foods, lots of vegetables, fruits, no processed food, definitely a decrease in gluten or an elimination of gluten products, an elimination of animal-based products, flesh foods, an increase in the amount of water and liquids that you would take in, a decrease or an elimination of the caffeine and alcohol that you would be taking in at that time as well. So, again, I guess it just depends on what type of protocol you're looking at and how long you want to do it. But I certainly think that someone would be, it would be worth their while if they could, you know, align themselves with a group or align themselves with someone who is, holds that type of knowledge. Mm. And what about you, Glenna? What's your, I bet you agree with Coralie. I do, but I do I want to add something. I think an important point for people to take home is that, We are cleansing every day. So after a cleanse is over, and often people will say, okay, I'm done, I'm finished. Mm -hmm. And what I hate to break it to them, but is, okay, so I'm hoping that their diet will not go back to the way it was. And it never, ever does, which is amazing. When I see them a couple months later, they've never gone back to say if they were having six glasses of wine a week. They're now having two glasses of wine a week, and they feel satisfied. Mm -hmm. They've never gone back to take a snack in at night, or their breakfast has stayed in the form of a shake rather than a sugary cereal. Mm-hmm. And and I think they've gotten out of the cycle of high blood sugar, low blood sugar. Mm-hmm. So they're they're not going to that downward swing, so they're not craving the sugar. And they, they see the benefits of, and like Corley said, they don't have that chemical tongue anymore, so they're getting yeah. satisfied with different foods. And that's really exciting. And I think, so whenever you do a cleanse, the goal is you're going to take some of those habits and they're going to be with you forever. And the other thing to remember is that every time you put some lemon in hot water, you're cleansing. Every time you go for a walk, you're helping the body cleanse. And be mindful, I'm, j- I'm just increasing the cleansing in my body. What a fabulous way to reset your thinking process. And I think, you know, there's a lot to be said about the fact that once you're aware of all of this information, it's really hard to go back to habits that you have migrated away from because you know better. There's a sense of knowing. <laughs> And to go back, then there's a sense of guilt. So yeah, well, I know I'm never going to forget that term, chemical tongue. Mm. <laughs> Our last question is from 
Kathy from the big state of Texas. Thank you very much, Kathy. I'll throw it out there to both Coralie and Glenda. Here we go. Is there a specific cleanse that you'd recommend? Because there seem to be lots of options out there. Well, I have an idea. I think we should swing it back to Mildred. Absolutely. After all their dancers. I would recommend the cleanse that makes your body happy. And the cleanse that makes your body happy is the one that follows all of the guidelines that you co-generously shared with everybody. How's that? That's great. I think it's important to recognize that the best one is the one that you're going to be able to commit to. Because setting yourself up for failure (laughs) is a disaster on so many levels. Not only did you not complete the cleanse protocol, but now you feel badly because you didn't. So if you're going to invest the time and the money and the energy into doing something so wonderful for your body, do it in a caring and a loving manner and make it one that you can commit to. Glenna, do you have anything else to say before we sign off? Believe it or not, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Coralie? Any feelings? No, I think I'm with Glenna on that. (laughs) (laughs) For our listeners, these 15 questions are going to be on the What's Your Prescription for Balance Facebook page. You're more than welcome to go there. And I'd also invite our listeners, this is not a one-shot deal. If you have questions about cleanses, Please send them in, and once we get a pile, we'll have another show with Glenn and Coralie. How does that sound? That sounds great. We're going to leave you tonight with some Cape Breton music. I look at Cape Breton music, and I'm sure Coralie and Glenda would agree with me. It's very, very healing. We're going to end with an upbeat fiddle tune, and when you're listening to it, see if you can pick out how many turns there are in it. You'll notice that the energy just builds and builds and builds. Then we're going to cool you down with a beautiful song from the Bear McNeils. It's called The Song for Peace. And really listen to the words. Glenna and Coralie, thank you very much. And Coralie, I know you want to come back with Glenna and I. Oh, of course. I'll come back anytime. And on that note, we're going to go right into the fiddle tomb.
Brought to you by Firefly Willows L I V E.